0: You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. It's no surprise that Alberta native Buckley is a country singer and songwriter at her roots who tells stories of the road, of love, and more. Meryl Buckley will be performing at 2.30pm on Sunday, July 9th at Snowberry Field. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Right, well, country singer Meryl Buckley, no stranger to festivals here in Manitoba, having played Dauphin Country Fest in the past, but coming to Birds Hill Park to play the Folk Festival, and she joins us on the show. Welcome, Meryl.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: My pleasure. So, yeah, I, like I mentioned, uh, you, you've, you've, I know you've played uh, Country Fest in the past. What's like? What's your familiarity or, or experience with folk festivals? Are they a different beast?
1: It, they're pretty different beasts. Like I've done lots of them. I did. I did Winnipeg in 2018 done Calgary twice now and I've done Edmonton once and yeah they're great they're like one of one of the highlights of being a a Canadian artist for sure is getting to do a few of those every once in a while
0: so is, is that something you seek out like do you kind of actively say hey I'm available for these kinds of experiences versus you know stage shows in in venues
1: uh, it it kind of depends, you know, like now that I've been kind of digging around for almost 10 years in uh, in Canada, I'm obviously trying to do stuff out of the country and in other markets as much as I can. So um, obviously always open to to play great festivals within Canada, but uh, also trying to diversify a bit. So maybe a little less so than than uh, in the first 10 years of my career, for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned 10 years uh, of the career at- for folks who, like, this is kind of an introductory thing, right, you know, who aren't familiar with your music, how did you get into country singing? Like, what, what led you to the career you're in and, and your music?
1: I mean, well, I I didn't really work in music for most of my 20s. I was working as a as a cook and like I went to school for that. And then I was kind of doing open mics in my mid 20s because my older brother's a musician um, full time. And so I started thinking, oh, maybe I'll do my own shows. And then I you know, started stumbling into songwriting in my mid 20s and made a little record in a guy's basement. And it's kind of just been one thing after the other since then. And I haven't been able to stop. And now it's my full time gig.
0: So that first song, what what was it like? The, not not what was the song, but like why? What was the impulse to to write a song?
1: I don't really know. Like again, I think I was I was discovering so much new music at the time. Like country music, again, only came to me in my twenties, despite it being around for most of my you know my teenage years and my childhood. So I I remember being like very called to write a waltz, which I still feel very comfortable writing. Uh, it's very country kind of thing to write uh, structurally. So I don't remember what really possessed me or what came over me, but I thought I had two words that sounded nice together and could write them in 3-3. So,
0: yeah. So you didn't listen to country despite it being around you. I mean, growing up in Alberta, it feels like it should be like, you know, background noise for for your youth or something. What what was it about country when you came to it that, that like, resonated with you
1: well it's funny because it's like when we were kids like you're saying in alberta you're sort of trying to distance yourself from that cowboy culture as much as possible because it's like shoved down your throat and i'm not rural like i didn't grow up near horses or farms so i was in the city and uh i think i yeah i wanted to reject that as much as possible but in your 20s when you've been through a couple things and you've you know you've done a little bit of drinking and hard living and you're sort of bumping up against some on some of the uglier stuff in life. I think that's, for me anyway, when country music started to be really appealing because of the way it's written from such a, you know, a lot of the time such a painful place, it uh, but in such a, a beautiful way, it really called to me at that time in my life.
0: So like it resonated on, a, on an emotional level at that point?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Even though these songs were like, you know, you listen to the Patsy Cline stuff and it's so traditionally written and almost... Uh, just Victorian in the way that they're speaking, but it's still such a universal, you know, calling sentiment. So yeah, it definitely hit me on a deep level.
0: So it appeals to you in that way from like a listening perspective, then is that the appeal from a writing perspective to kind of write through pain and, and process things?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I think stylistically I've gotten comfortable writing in a lot of different ways that often melodically and musically will sit somewhere in country. Um, but lyrically I'm usually, yeah, motivated by my own, (laughs) my own catharsis and, and sad, uh, sad sack crap. Uh, though I do throw in a fair bit of observatory stuff too.
0: Are you like, do you, are you the type of person who journals and then kind of like thumb through your journal for like lines or are you coming up with like ideas for songs based on like a feeling and saying like oh I want to express this feeling
1: so a little bit of both I would say like every once in a while I get like a, a strong impulse to write something very direct and usually I finish those songs really quickly I don't that doesn't happen to me very often usually it's what you said before I've got my notes app is pretty stuffed with little chunks and snippets and then when I'm kind of crafting through you know a session at home I'll pick through that and try and find something so it's a bit of both I guess
0: right and with the notes app like are, is so I'm imagining that's lyrics on on the notes app it's not like you're necessarily recording audio snippets or something but when it comes to kind of marrying that with song like do you have just tunes in your head and you're like oh, I, I need to find like a line that kind of fits this measure or like what's the kind of process that way
1: yeah, I've also usually got a few voice memos oh, of, like, okay. guitar, kind of one or two chord lines. or I often write, like, little hook things on my acoustic, and then I will think of a cadence that fits within the sort of rhythm and melody of that. And then I'll search through my head and, the you know, the notes app to see, oh, does, did these words, the way could I say them, that it would fit in this melody and this cadence. So, yeah, it's pretty, like, uh, it, it's a bit of a routine now, for sure.
0: Now, you've been a bit of a road warrior over the years. Do you find, can you write while you're on the road? Or are you the type of person who kind of needs to come home and sit with experiences for a bit before you can then write about those experiences?
1: I mean, it's tough. Like, I would love to find time. But we don't, I don't have uh, a tour manager yet. So I've kind of been, you know, I mean, we're splitting up all the stuff, me and the band usually. But it's it's usually quite a bit of work. So finding time to to write is not always uh, super feasible on the road, but and I do also like to come home and kind of kind of sit down and have it mull about a bit mm-hmm.
0: now, are you bringing the band to Folkfest? Yeah, you bet yeah so do you do you ever give thought to kind of like because uh, I mean obviously at Folk fest there's the opportunity for things like uh workshops and stuff, like how your songs work just on your own versus like when they're with the band and stuff like is that something that's in the back of your head as you're writing a song or or do you kind of try to figure that out? like after you and the band have kind of set set in stone what the record is
1: usually like i write the songs to be what i consider like good enough to stand as just my just me performing them so for a lot of the workshops i'll go solo or just like with my steel player and let other folks interpret them and when i'm writing i'm not often writing for a band that's kind of like what i will will kind of you know grab a producer for and stuff like that because uh yeah, a lot of the stuff that I write is is mostly written just solo, um, as it stands. So it's um, it's a little bit backwards that way. But I do love playing with the band as well. It's a fun, different
0: experience. Sure. So you kind of hear the song just like you and the guitar in the in the, its initial stage, and then bring in a producer to kind of help you like figure out what's around it.
1: Totally. And like, I think most songwriters would agree. It's like you get into a rhythm of writing stuff that sounds like you. So, in, you know, when you bring in that second party, I always like to think of someone maybe not um, not super similar to me. That's who I like to kind of work with.
0: To have, like, like, a challenge or, like, someone who's got different ears than you, kind of? Yes,
1: yeah, like, someone who maybe has great ears but doesn't have, like, the same influences. Like, they're not into traditional country at all, but they're really into, like, you know, pop music, which is kind of what I did with my last record because, you know, Marcus was just so uh, coming from a different universe, but we had many of the same tastes and ideas about what sounded good.
0: Was there a specific record that he'd done that led you to him then in that instance, or like, what was it about him that you were like, yeah, this is, this is what'll work as like a contrast to like what I'm bringing.
1: Yeah, certainly that one, uh, national record trouble will find me. Like I, I worked at a record store, uh, part time when I was writing this record and so I kind of had the opportunity to just like listen to music all day at a job. And I, when I found his stuff, I sort of did a, a backtrack through that national record and then uh, the Bar Brothers, Queen of the Breakers. And then I found out, you know, he engineered that Arcade Fire record, Suburbs, that's so good. And yeah, so there was lots of like sonic palette for me to absorb. And I just sort of thought this guy has obviously a great sense of music first and foremost. Uh, and I wonder what it would be like with country so um yeah it it worked out really well
0: working in the record store like was that like an intentional thing to kind of expand your horizons as a listener a little bit or like just a necessity of like a retail job or something
1: i mean certainly i was broke between tours and i needed to work but it was also like my favorite job i've ever had it was uh it was the beginning of me like kind of falling back in love with music like i did when i was a teenager it was like the greatest to just sort of make myself listen to different stuff all the time and meet a lot of cool people talking about records. So yeah, that was really fun.
0: Had you kind of, because you'd been in it on a, on a creative level, like falling out of music on just a like relational level with, with like, you know, just being someone who listens passively or at least kind of not critically to, to your own material and then like absorbing music in a different way.
1: I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's uh, it. One of the great things about you know trying to absorb so much of that stuff passively was that a lot of it that I'd never listened to, I couldn't really bring my, I couldn't really like bring any knowledge to critique to. So I had to do a lot of learning and a lot of like um, sort of rediscovering what I actually knew about music and about song structure and all that stuff. So it was it was a really interesting sort of experience to to unpack that because like you say, it's, it can be hard to turn that, that piece off. Um, but I really, yeah, no, it really was very good for my ears. I think.
0: Was there a record that people might find surprising was like a lesson or a, a lodestar for, for everywhere I used to be? Oh,
1: uh, well the war on drugs was obviously huge. Like, um, that, um, uh, uh lost in
0: the- or, okay.
1: Yeah, from 2015. Um, I'd never heard them before I worked in the store. And then I was just sort of like, whoa, this Bob Dylan songwriter is making synth alt rock. It was so good. And um, oh, what was that other? Uh, Arthur Russell, I listened to quite a bit of, which he's just like experimental kind of classical stuff. But I found that just like, I found a lot of uh, lyricless stuff that really moved me to to think and write differently as well. So yeah, there was a ton of stuff. Couldn't pick one probably.
0: The, the lyric was stuff Was that like an opportunity to think about like the message that's conveyed in, in a melody with, without the lyrics and without kind of the like obviousness of the lyrics?
1: Totally. Like there's this guy in Nashville, William Tyler, who's like mm, a young yes. and I found his stuff and I was like, Holy smokes, like conveying these big cinematic images and stories with just guitar and a band and I was just so into that. So yeah, definitely a uh, sort of a new lens that way.
0: So obviously the, the record's been out for a little bit. Are, are you working on new stuff and are you going to include any of that in the set or what's kind of like the idea behind the, the folk fest set?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been out since uh, August of 2022. We did do one Winnipeg show since then and I'm writing for a new record now. So I would say we'll be, hitting demos and maybe making something in the winter uh i don't know if any of that new material make its way on stage for july i'm kind of i'm workshopping quite a bit of it right now on my own Mm. so the boys haven't here yet but it'll be it'll be a really fun set we do we do a good uh a good kind of mashup of listening stuff and uh and groovy stuff too so it'll be a good time
0: do you work anyone else's songs into your uh, sets like because sometimes that, you know, especially at the workshop side of things, folks are like, oh, I just want to like play this song I really love or whatever. Like, is that part of your kind of thought process?
1: Totally, I love love the odd cover sprinkled in the boys and I usually do when we were doing um, a Paul Simon tune for our last tour, which was really fun and challenging. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of country classics, but I'll probably have to learn a, a Gordon Lightfoot tune for this year's mm, festival. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, pro. What's the the decision making factor on what's listened to on the road with you know you and your bandmates? Who like is it the driver calls the shots or what? How do you guys decide what to listen to?
1: Well, my bass player's not much of a driver, but he's a really good co-pilot, so he usually DJs for anywhere from 6 to 13 hours, or uh, or we listen to lots of true crime, um, or if we're hungover, the sound of silence is always good, too.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Meryl, before I let you go, I want to get you to pick a track off Everywhere I Used to be to play for listeners, and if you have a reason why you're picking that song or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that.
1: Sure. Uh, let's do track two, whatever helps you. And I'll pick it because it's uh, it's pretty much the most traditionally written country song I've ever done. But it's got a drum machine and a, and a bunch of synths on it. And it's super weird and fun. And, uh, it, yeah, it's one of my favorites on the record.
0: This is the most, uh, like, of that, like, suburbs and, and national and all that stuff seeping in kind of vibe. So, yeah. perfect. We'll give that one a listen. Uh, looking forward to seeing you at Birds Hill Park. Uh, Meryl, thanks for taking some time to join us on the show
1: thanks for having me man come to the window let the night
2: paint you blue you sparkle in starlight and it tears me in two and when you don't see me Get to sleep, I guess I was just waiting Now I'm just a fool I must be crazy All okay. empty To the window Let the night Paint you blue I go to sleep With prairie Town dreams Gas station postcards, VLT machines, moan of a whistle, Jacks where the took out the trees, broke down reservations, the dirt under my Something. Yeah, I guess that's something. My neighborhood, first stretch of concrete. You were up Lakeview Crescent. I was up Thirty Seven.
0: I'm Michael Elves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Mariel Buckley, who will be performing on Sunday, July 9th at 2.30 p.m. at Snowberry Field at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com. And be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park.